If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Father, please um, anoint my words to be true and upbuilding to your beloved people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I am the biggest wimp that I know. When it comes to pain, discomfort, emotional pain, suffering, there is not a stoic bone in my body. I have many times at home been known to say, ouch, before actually stubbing my toe, just in case, and then even though I didn't actually stub, uh, if you don't believe me, ask Carrie. I am not exaggerating. So the truth of this gospel passage, take up your cross, deny yourself, this is not native to me in any way. Nevertheless, I'm convinced that discomfort, unhappiness, and even pain, physical and emotional, is the singular proving ground of the Christian life. What I mean is that non-Christians, as well as Christians, when things are going well, can say, hashtag blessed. When things are going well, our, our responses, our comportment in this life doesn't differ that much from non-Christians. Christians show themselves really to be such in the face of unhappiness and pain. So think about Peter in today's gospel that we just heard. Jesus tells the disciples that he's going to suffer a lot and then be killed. Peter rebukes Jesus. Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Partly that's connected to, remember this passage just comes after last week's gospel where Peter has confessed that Jesus is the Messiah. So Peter's expectation of Jesus' role as the Messiah has a part to do with that. But also just at a more basic level, just the instinctive aversion to the prospect of suffering. No, 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 no. Surely not suffering. Peter's speaking in a merely human way. He's repelled by the thought. The Greek here is actually really illuminative. Peter actually says, Lord, have mercy, Lord. (laughs) Sort of unaware, really, of the depths of who he's talking to. Expression we still say in the face of suffering, like, may it not be. Jesus rejects this false mercy that Peter's invoking. He calls Peter's word a scandal, a hindrance. He calls Peter Satan, the opposer of God's plans. And Jesus communicates that he doesn't want the suffering to be taken away. Though human nature recoils at the prospect, and Jesus had a human nature like us, it was as unpleasant a prospect as it was for us, in fact, even more so. But the Spirit supplants nature. And this is what Jesus then explains to his disciples. He rebukes Peter's rebuke. Peter had stepped out in front of Jesus, and Jesus corrects him. Jesus tells Peter, get behind me. And anyone who wants to come behind me, if you're going to be my disciple, my student, you must do as I do. When the Father called Jesus to suffer, Jesus doesn't dodge it. He shows his allegiance to God, if you will, and this is in the text, even though it's strange to our ears, Jesus' faith in the Father by denying his natural self-protective instincts and taking up his cross, he manifests his allegiance to God. 
And he calls his disciples, us, to do the exact same. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Deny himself meaning disown, meaning deny your very self, to disown ownership of your own life, self-directedness, and to recognize God as the owner and director. The um, small acts of self-denial, what we mean by that, when there's some comfort or luxury or pleasant thing that we, is good, it's not bad, but that we refuse ourselves for Christ's sake, not just in Lent, right, but throughout the Christian life. These are really just small habit builders that we would grow in this direction of being able to deny our very self, to die if Christ called us to die. We practice that even by refusing a sweet in Lent or throughout the whole year. Take up his cross, and with a single word, his, this possessive pronoun, Christ actually very deftly reveals a cosmic truth that each of us have our own cross, that God has called each of us to our own particular life, which means our own particular suffering. And rather than kick against it, the imperative, the the call that Christ is giving us is take it. It is coming. Take it up. Don't kick against it. Embrace it voluntarily the way Christ says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. He takes up his cross willingly. And in this way, we follow after him. We imitate him. We are his disciples. We show ourselves to be truly Christians. So that's what I'm getting at when I said a moment ago, pain and unhappiness are the singular proving ground for the Christian life. Now, to be really clear, um, cross and our cross, which he says that we have, um, are different, radically different, even though they function in a similar way. They involve the denial of ourselves, but they accomplish very different things. Christ's cross is the ground on which our taking up of the cross is built. Christ's cross is the cause why all of our sin is forgiven and why we have the hope of eternal life. Our cross merely allows us, invites us to loosen our our hands' grip on the things of this world so that we're free to receive that gospel that Christ has given us, free to receive the gift he's given us through his death. And this is what Jesus is explaining as he goes on to kind of unpack this very um, condensed and semi, somewhat cryptic saying, take up his cross. The next verse is unpack it, to, to paraphrase. Whoever would keep his own life will forfeit it. The image, I think, is sort of something like, you know, someone on the Titanic as it's going down, kind of scrambling to gather like furniture and clothes. It's like, no, no. But whoever lets his life go, for Christ's sake, will in the end get to keep it. And the crucial clause there is for Christ's sake. Stoicism doesn't earn salvation. The Buddhist monk who um, is denying himself things isn't earning eternal life. Eternal life is still hidden from him as long as he doesn't know Jesus. Finding eternal life is inextricably linked to this relationship to Christ, to denying oneself for his sake. It's not just stoicism. It's relationship. Whoever loses his life for my sake, Christ says, will find it. And this singular thing, I think, is what the 
in that passage where it's concluded with, the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with the holy angels and, and, um, and will repay to each according to what he's done. Jesus isn't here pivoting to just some general teaching about works, which would sort of be a difficult verse to harmonize if that was the case. He's actually just unpacking what he's just been teaching about. When the Son of Man comes, he will be looking. Who has let their life go to cling to Christ and who is still holding on to their life? Right? That's what he will judge according to each as to what he's done. Those who have taken up their cross so they're free to embrace Christ, they will be saved. That's faith. And those who are still clinging to the things of this world and not clinging to Christ, well, they'll be judged according to what they've done. That's Jesus' teaching. So the question um, that the gospel poses to us as we pilgrim this week in our Christian life is, are we continuing to take up our cross? Which is um, perhaps too abstract a, a, a self-investigative question. Um, so let me bring it down. Um, if you're, you're weak, you're sort of the current moment you find yourself in in life is generally pleasant and happy, thanks be to God, um, you're invited to still practice the habit of self-denial, denial of self, through small acts of denying yourself things. Right? Lent isn't just for Lent. It's to teach us a way of Christian living. If your life right now, as I know it is for some of you, is very often full of pain and difficulty, emotional and physical, I think the question that I find really useful to ask myself about this truth is, uh, am I grumbling? And uh, no, you're not out with my, outwardly with my words, but in my heart, Am I sort of like hardening and bittering it towards God in the circumstance? Like, oh, what's going on here? I don't like this. And to be clear, that's our natural response. That's out of the gate. We who are not yet made the saints we've been called to be, that's our out of the response. Grumbling. Which, as small as it seems in itself, and as human as it is, reveals that we're trying to kind of kick against the cross that we've been called to carry. And it's a a chance to sort of, I just invite you to consider it sort of a telltale when you catch your heart grumbling this week, if you're in the midst of pain and suffering and difficulty, to seize that as a sort of flag of the moment, say, oh, Lord, you've called us to take up our cross for your sake. I embrace this pain, this misery, this unhappiness, not because I want to be a stoic, but because I want to be like you. You took up your misery and pain as God permitted it in your life and called you to it even. And look what it did. And I want to be your disciple. I do it for you. I won't grumble. Of course, that challenge will last, come back five minutes later again, right? <laughs> and then again, no, Lord, I don't want to grumble. I don't want to, I don't want to kick against the cross you've called me to. I, I want to take it up like you've called me to. So let grumbling be the tell for the sort of more specific challenge, at the, uh, which points us to the bigger call of taking up a cross. And in so doing, every act done, instead of grumbling in your heart, but accepting the misery that the Lord has permitted in your life, in that moment, you show yourself to be his disciple. You're acting just like Jesus, who did that with his suffering that he was called to, his suffering which has saved our lives and gives us our life eternally. Amen. Amen.